0: May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Amen. We're almost there, Gavin. Tonight, there's going to be red up here. There's going to be flowers. There's going to be a dessert reception. There's going to be lots of people. There's going to be a bishop. There's going to be lots. We're almost ready. And So can you imagine when you're sitting right here and the bishop stands up? And there's this point in the service, right? It's kind of like a wedding. There's a point in the ordination service where the bishop's going to stand up. He's doing a lot of things. And he says, y'all. He probably won't say y'all because the prayer book doesn't have y'all. But he'll say, beloved, something fancy. He's going to say, y'all. If you know any reason why this guy should not be a priest, say it now. Right? Can you imagine? The doors fling open and someone just comes in here and they're just saying all sorts of nonsense. But it happens at that moment when your ministry is about to begin. Yeah. That's not gonna hopefully that doesn't happen. I don't I don't know about your past. We got a seminary buddy here. What do you know about Mitchell and seminary? I'm preaching again tonight, so I get to embarrass this guy one more time. It's great. That's probably not going to happen tonight. But there was a wedding about 15 years ago. I was at this super posh wedding. It was over in Highland Park, if you've ever been there. One of these big churches, real fancy. I had to, like, buy a suit for this thing. Mm. And, like, we're there, and we're sitting there. And, like, the string quartet's playing something. I forget. Like, it's beautiful. Like, we're all ready to turn. and Because, you know, they swing open the doors, and the bridal party. We all know that moment. Those doors open up and in walks this guy with a backpack who looks like he hasn't showered in weeks. And he walks up here. And he j- I'm not kidding y'all, he just sits here. And like he Lord knows what he's thinking. Lord knows what the mother of the bride was thinking. He sits here. And then John Crawford, uh, Elizabeth's dad, my former father-in-law, who's a Marine, a straight-lace like He stands up, and I'm like, oh, Lord, what is about to happen? (laughs) He walks up, comes sit on the steps of the altar next to this guy, puts his arm around him, talks to him, not sure what he said. And the two of them finally get up and leave, and the service continues. Can you imagine... Jesus had something like that happen in our gospel today, right? Jesus, he's kicking off his ministry, right? He's been out in the wilderness. He's called his disciples. He's got his group. They're ready to go. He gets invited to come preach at the synagogue in Capernaum. He's starting it off. He's launching his ministry. He opens up the scroll. He's ready to preach. And here come, walks in this guy. probably wailing, screaming, making a scene, maybe carrying a backpack looks like he hadn't showered in a couple of weeks. And he walks right up. He stands in front of Jesus. He says, Jesus, what have you to do with us? Now scripture tells us that this guy was possessed by an unclean spirit, by an evil spirit. So there's this encounter. Jesus has this opportunity. Jesus looks at this man and says, be silent, come out of him. This isn't so much a healing as it is an exorcism, really. And so I think it's important to know a little bit about this question that was asked of Jesus. This possessed man, this man with the unclean spirit, he looks at Jesus and says, what have you to do with me? Maybe that's like, Jesus, what do you want? Maybe that's Jesus, like, what's going on here? What are you going to do? Are you a threat to me? But one way the Greek can be understood is these evil spirits came to Jesus and said, Jesus, tell me what's yours and what's mine. Because evil wants to claim everything. And what does Jesus do? He says, be quiet, come out of him. And then he heals him. Jesus doesn't dismiss this guy. Jesus looks at a person created and loved. Jesus loves you all. When confronted with evil, Jesus loves. When evil says what's yours and what's mine, Jesus loves. the world still asks that question every single day. The world, evil, hatred, violence, oppression, it asks what's yours and what's mine? Because evil wants to claim it all. And so how will we, as the body of Christ, respond? If I look back over this past year, some of the ways we've responded is evil tries to say something about our LGBTQ siblings, particularly the youth. Evil tries to say, you don't belong. Evil tries to say, you can't get books that share your experience. Evil tries to say, to hell with you. And Jesus loves y'all. And so we do something like we host Uh, back in February, we hosted a forum where we got together and there were about 20, 30 of y'all and about 30 people from the community that came together because we want to talk. How can we better understand the experience of our siblings? How can we as the church love y'all? Or as Tony, you're on this side again, I forgot. As Tony reminded us a couple of months ago in his first sermon, he choked up. I remember you were so passionate. You looked and you said, evil tries to say your zip code determines your access to food. Evil tries to say that. And we say, we can collect enough corn. We can help open a food pantry. We can help make sure that evil doesn't have the final word. We can love, y'all. Evil tries to say that folks in difficult and broken home situations in the foster care system, that they're left to their own devices, they're left to their trash bag of clothes, they're left to whatever. And you're on your own. Evil tries to say that. Then we have some ladies who in the spring said, hey, evil does not have the final word. Can we collect things for them? And so if you remember, we loaded this up. We blessed 104 backpacks full of books and pajamas and flashlights and all sorts of things and a little tag on it that said, be you, beloved. Evil tries to say something. And Jesus loves you. all That's what we've done. And evil still rears its ugly head. There's more work to be done. A Couple things we're going to do is evil tries to say that a hospital visit is going to bankrupt your family. And so for Lent, we're going to collect money with an organization that helps pay off medical debt. And I want us to collect $10,000. That'll eliminate a $1 million worth of medical debt. Because evil doesn't have the final word. Evil tries to claim it all. Evil tries. You reminded us a week or two ago. You said, anytime we put up a wall, Jesus is on the other side. Anytime we put up razor wire, Jesus is on the other side. We can talk politics, we, right? We can talk law. We can have a discussion about that. We don't call people vermin. We don't put up razor wire because Jesus is on the other side. So another thing we're gonna do, I had conversations last week with people from Catholic Charities Fort Worth. They're the statewide refugee resettlement agency. The state of Texas works with Catholic Charities Fort Worth around the state. When folks show up on our doorstep escaping unimaginable situations, they got nothing. And so Catholic Charities wants to figure out how can people, how can churches walk alongside these folks? Don't know what it's gonna look like, Just had some meetings. Catholic Charities is trying to figure it out. But we're going to... We don't know what we're going to do, but we're going to love y'all. Because evil tries to claim it all. What's yours and what's mine? And So we're going to keep doing the things the church does. We're going to worship. We're going to have potlucks. The church does all that. That's fun. But I'm going to tell you, Gavin, you're not ordained so we can do church in here. We're not making you a priest so that you can just get us through this and then we go have a potluck. We're making you a priest so you can remind us that Jesus loves. And that you can tell us to get out in the world and share that love. And so I need y'all's help. These things I mentioned, the corn doesn't happen unless some guys notice an opportunity, and people that need something, and they say, hey, what if we? The backpacks for teens in foster care don't happen unless there's some women who say, there's a problem out there. What if we? We know evil is out there. And So where do we see? evil trying to lay claim. Look for it. And let's talk about how we as the church can respond. What partners can we find? What work can we do? Because we know the end of the story. We know that evil has been defeated. As much as it tries to pop back up as much as it tries to lay hold of our lives, as much as evil tries to claim the world. It knows it's been defeated. The vestry met yesterday in a retreat to help kind of crystallize what our story is, what we as St. Martins, what our story is, what to use a business term, what we're selling to the world and what you all are buying, why y'all are here. We had a bunch of sheets of paper with a bunch of things, and y'all are going to be invited to these conversations, and we're going to talk about it. What is our story that we tell the world? But there was already a common theme. I know some of y'all have only started coming here in my time here, and so I know your story better than others, but I've heard stories from many of y'all. Y'all are here because you experienced love, acceptance, and welcome. You're here because this is a place that goes out and proclaims God's love to the world. We're gonna keep doing that. We can't solve it everywhere, right? But this little corner in northeast Tarrant County, our parish, these towns around here, evil tries to say that's mine. What does Jesus have to say about that? Amen.